How does God use our natural social contacts to reach people for Christ? Hello, friend. I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry, and I think you'll really enjoy today's podcast. This is the first of five podcasts with Bill Mowry. Bill is a senior navigator staff person and is a specialist in disciple making. You know, he has great insight as well as enthusiasm into making disciples. Bill is the author of a very helpful discipling resource called Ways of the Alongsider. Information on how to get that is included in the show notes with this podcast. I start today by asking Bill to tell us a bit about himself, and he relates how a very normal relationship in college led to a transformed life. Well, thanks, David. Yeah, it's a privilege to be here. Uh, yeah, a little bit my, about myself. I grew up in a, a small town in northern Ohio. And uh, when I was uh, in later in my high school years, I basically made the decision to tell God to kind of shove off that I didn't want to be part of him in my life. And I uh, started college in, in 1968, so I realize this dates me a little bit. <laughs> but I like to tell people that at the time I was giving my life to the three R's, uh, revolution, rock and roll, and romance. So I was involved with the, uh, the peace movement, protested against you know, the Vietnam War and all kind of those good things you do in the 60s. And, uh, but it was interesting. My freshman year at a dorm, I became friends with a fellow named Ed, lived across the hall from me. And there was two things intriguing about Ed. Uh, one was that he had a twin brother that lived with him in the dorm. And two, these guys had a 1948 black hearse car. <laughs> That's, uh, we just had a blast driving around it. And I guess the third thing that was unique about Ed was that Ed was a Christian. And I had never met anybody my own age who claimed to be a Christian or really tried to live out their faith. And so it was kind of through the influence of that and a variety of things that uh, I came to faith in my sophomore year there at Bowling Green State University. And it just happened to be that uh, Ed was involved with the Navigators, you know, campus ministry. And I didn't know anything about the Navigators. I didn't know anything about following Jesus. And so, you know, one of the things that Ed did with me first was that uh, I remember sitting in his room in the dorm, uh, telling him this is my sophomore year in college, telling him that, you know, Ed, I think I, I became a Christian recently. And I said, well, how do I know for sure? And he said, well, are you praying now? And I says, yeah. And he says, are you reading the Bible now? And I says, yeah. And he says, have you ever done those things before? And I said, no. And he said, you know, that's probably a pretty good sign that something's happened. <laughs> and uh, then he said, hey, how about if we get together tomorrow down in the study lounge and read the Bible together? And it's interesting, as I look back on that, uh, Dave, that that simple little invitation was my introduction to being a disciple and then what it means to make disciples. Because Ed and I, you know, we, we met in that study lounge and we talked about music, girls, and politics and girls, and we got around to reading the Bible. <laughs> and, uh, and we just spent a lot of time just reading the Bible together and talking about it. You know, he introduced me to scripture memory, introduced me to having a daily time with God and and got me into a little Bible study there with the Navigators. And what was intriguing is that when I discovered, when Ed made that invitation, I learned months later that he was meeting in that study lounge with the Navigator representative on campus, a fellow named Charlie. And so Charlie was discipling Ed, and Ed was discipling me. And then several months later, another friend of mine came to faith, and I began to disciple Bob. And so that was kind of my introduction to the Navigators. It's kind of like, you know, 
a guy who told God to shove off, you know, God chased him down and brought me to faith and, and then got me involved with the navigators and, and got me excited about this whole idea of making disciples and seeing that ultimately it's the gospel, you know, that really does change the hearts of hearts of people and that can bring about legitimate social change rather than political change, which was what I was originally seeking after. Sure. So that's a little bit about myself, my background, and how I got involved with the Navigators yeah. as a student there. Super. Then you graduated from, from college, and did you uh, start in, a, in the business world, or what was your, what was your career? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, actually, at the end of my junior year in college, I uh, dropped out of college, and uh, decided to get some leadership training with the Navigators. And so I moved from uh, Bowling Green State University to Purdue University in uh, Indiana and spent three years at Purdue University. And then at the end of that time, God led for, uh, for me to go on staff with the Navigators. So I made a, uh, that was kind of in a sense, a vocational choice at mm -hmm. that point in time. And so our first assignment as Navigator staff was actually back at Bowling Green State University. And it was there that I, that I finished my degree. And, uh, but uh, my degree was originally in social studies and art education, but I've been on staff with the Navigators now for 45 years. And so I, uh, yeah, this has been my lifetime career and sense of calling. Well, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So as, as far as ministry is concerned, you mainly were on the college campuses or were you in other, other settings as well? Right. Yeah. Over the years, I yeah I was involved with undergraduates, and then now uh, we were at Bowling Green for five years, and then we moved to the Ohio State University, <laughs> and uh, and so for eight years I was there ministering to undergraduates as kind of the campus director, and then I went to graduate school at Ohio State and completed a Master of Arts degree in education with an emphasis on adult education. And in a period of time, God gave me a heart for graduate students and faculty. So for a number of years, uh, we pioneered a ministry to grad students and faculty. And then, as you and I had an earlier conversation, added on to that a ministry to medical and dental students, as well as in the medical and dental community. That kind of morphed into a community ministry. And so I've, I've kind of done a little bit of the gamut here with uh, ministering in a variety of settings. Yeah, that's great. Well, that uh, Master of Education, I see, what was it called Master of Arts and Education degree, uh -huh. correct? That yes. I can see that coming through in, in, uh, in the book or in the uh, workbook that uh, I'm familiar with that you've published called Ways of the Alongsider, a lot of very clear explanation of your vision of discipleship. Maybe as we get into that topic, you can um, just help us understand uh, in your view what is a disciple? How would you define a disciple of Christ? Well, you know, I've come up with a, a variety of descriptions over the years, and uh, and that's one of the things I'm involved with, the Navigators Church Ministries. And so we help churches, you know, grow disciple-making cultures, and one of the first things we help a church do is to develop a biblical picture of a disciple. And so it's fun doing that with uh, to see how vineyard churches, Methodist churches, Lutheran churches, Baptist churches, you know, they look at the scriptures and bring their own sense of theology into it. And they come up with some really creative approaches to what a disciple looks like. But I have to be honest, I, I still, uh, after all these years and rethinking this whole thing multiple times, I still come back to the navigator's wheel. And if you're familiar with the navigator's wheel, 
uh, you know, the the center of that wheel is, is Jesus Christ. And you got these four spokes, you know, the vertical spokes of the word and prayer and the horizontal spokes of witnessing and fellowship and then the rim that ties it all together. And uh, that's obedience. And, and then, again, as you think of a wheel spinning, that uh, you don't see the spokes anymore, but you see the center, the hub, in which is Christ. And mm-hmm. so it's just a good reminder that the goal is not to perfect the means of word and prayer and fellowship and witnessing, but it's to focus on the center, which is Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, you know, I've, I've rethought this thing, and I help churches think through it. But for me personally, it kind of comes back to that simple little wheel illustration that Dawson Troutman developed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, as we think about the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, um, a lot of times when people hear the, those verses about going and making disciples, the at least in my experience, the immediate thought is go overseas and change the world. And that's certainly part of it. I think what I've sensed from your teaching is that that process of making disciples can happen right here, right now, and in everyday life. Uh, Can you say a little bit about how that looks in everyday life of making disciples? Sure. You know, my understanding of that, uh, the word uh, that's translated go, could be translated as you go. And so it has this idea, and, and I think particularly as you look at the epistles, um, to me, we, we tend to focus on the book of Acts, and sometimes that being our model for what ministry looks like. But the reality is that is the Acts of the Apostle. That's why the Apostles, that's why they call it the book of Acts. But to me, it's fascinating that when you go to the epistles, I think in the epistles, there's probably a clearer picture of what normative, quote-unquote, normative church life looked like. And I look at the book of Acts, it's kind of like, uh, it's like an Avengers movie. You know, we've all seen these superhero movies. And, and if you're an Avengers movie fan, the question I always ask myself at the end of the movie is kind of, well, who cleans up after the Avengers leave? You know, the world's, you know, devastated. Well, who cleans up? And I've thought about that with the book of Acts. It's kind of like after the apostles leave, who cleans up? And, uh, and I think that the epistles describe that normative life, what happens after the apostles leave. And so when you look in the context of the epistles, there's time after time where, you know, the Apostle Paul, you know, talks about just in the context of these relationships that are all around you, that's where we start faith conversations. And that's in that context, those natural relationships, that's where we begin to disciple people. Mm. I think in the Gospels, a great illustration of this is when Jesus exercises a demon from the demoniac, you know, in Mark 5. And where does he send them? He says, well, go back to your family and your friends. Doesn't send them overseas, doesn't send them to a bar, doesn't send them, you know, to these wild places that we think we got to go. But he sends them back to his family and his friends. Mm. And I really think that the epistles in particular paint this picture that in the context of everyday life and everyday relationships, that it's right there that I need to be starting faith conversations and then helping people grow as disciples. And so I... I you know, as one author describes it as practicing a faithful presence. And so like for you, you know, you're a physician. And so that in the context of being a physician, what's it mean to have this faithful presence? I'm living out the life of Christ. I'm seeking to influence this arena around me with kingdom values. And then I'm coming alongside of some people that have an interest where the spirit of God's been at work and I begin to build in their lives. And so it's that concept of a, a faithful presence in the context of everyday relationships that everybody needs to be involved. 
in advancing the gospel and making disciples. Practicing a faithful presence in the context of everyday relationships. You know, we can all be involved in the process of advancing the gospel and making disciples in whatever situation God has placed us. Join me next time as Bill talks about the pictures hanging in our minds of what it means to be a disciple maker. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.